lot of people say they are waiting on God to lead them, to guide them, direct them. And God says, you are not waiting on me. He says, you've already made up your own mind what you want to do, how you want to do it, when you're going to do it. And then what you do is you say, you come up with the plan. He says, and this is what you say, God bless my plan. And God says, I can't do it. Particularly if your plan doesn't match up with his plan. Oh yeah, listen to me. I'm gonna pause, I'm gonna turn it off for just a second. I'll be right back on. No, I'm not gonna turn it off. I'll just praise the Lord. Thing it's just all right. I feel like I can move around a little bit more. We not even go mess around this morning. God gave me a word for you. I'm we're gonna jump right in. So I'm gonna tell you right now. Buckle up, Buttercup. Cause we was we was in a meeting yesterday. Um, <clears throat> once a month we have a, a, a prayer meeting with uh, with a group of uh, other pastors and leaders, probably about eighty five different pastors and leaders throughout the city, and we pray. We come together for two hours and we just pray fervently for the city, for the province, and for the nation of Canada. But it's not just only on that Saturday. We we have prayer every day, every night. Actually, there's three times a day. There's prayer at midnight, there's prayer at 6 a.m., and there's prayer at 12 noon. Every day. Everybody say every day. Every day. Every day. So it's going on every single day. You say, when did y'all start this? Over a year ago. Let that sink in over a year ago. So we're gonna jump into what it is God has me to share with you this morning. And if I was to give this message a title, it's called, how, you, how are you representing? How are you representing? Representing, how are you representing? I'm going to make this declaration in quarters of Isaiah 61 and 1. It says this. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to open up the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, a day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they, talking about those who who are who he's called to do this, they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. So does anybody know where else this was this was read at, where this was declared at? Jesus declared this when he first started his ministry. Can I give you a nugget? Everywhere Jesus went, he declared this thing right here. Everywhere, this was his message. I'm declaring unto you that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. And he says, I have anointed you to do this. Everywhere he went. So we're going to dive into it today. I'm telling you right now, buckle up buttercup because we coming for you. 
this morning. Because even in the, in the prayer meeting yesterday, at the end of the prayer meeting, this word came through. I, had a, I already had this message. I've had this message for three to four weeks. It just never, it just was not time yet. We've been in a series uh, we've called, We Will Not Be Silent. So for the last three to four weeks, we've been preaching along these lines. And this, I believe, is the, is the end of that series, but transition us into, into the next series we're going to be going into. So, Father, we thank God and praise you right now in the name of Jesus for this opportunity, your word. We thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but, Father, let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. You're already here. Continue to move up and down each and every aisle, touching each and every person right now in the name of Jesus. I decrease that you may increase. I partner with you. I covenant with you for miracles, signs, and wonders to go forth this morning that will ultimately change the lives of forever your signs and wonders will confirm the word preached as you promised we thank you for it lord we give you glory we give you honor and praise for it in jesus name amen, amen. now as a pastor my role is my role is pretty cut and dry when i operate in the office of a pastor apostle or teacher my role is is pretty cut and dry and i'm, I'm gonna share it to you with you in accordance to Jeremiah chapter 3, verses, verse 15, it says this, in according to the Amplified Version, it says, and I will give you, this is Jesus talking to the nation of Israel. Jesus, I mean, God talking to the nation of Israel. I will give you spiritual shepherds after my own heart in the final time who will feed you with knowledge and understanding and judgment. So uh, the responsibility of a pastor is to feed the people with knowledge, understanding, and judgment. Now, my particular assignment is this, is one that he also gave to the prophet uh, uh, Jeremiah in, in Jeremiah chapter one, verse nine, I'm reading out of the new American standard Bible where it says this, then the Lord stretched out his hand and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day. And this is what he appointed us to do over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up to break down, to destroy, to overthrow, to build, and to plant. So part of our assignment is this, is to pluck up, break down, and destroy and overthrow. Overthrow what? Things that don't line up with the word of God. Things that don't line up with the kingdom of God. But we're also to do what? Build and to plant. Build and to plant. What's a great example of this when this happened? When Jesus went into the temple... And he overturned the tables of the money changers. Most people said Jesus went into the temple, overturned the tables of the money changers because he was mad. He was in that. If you go back and read that story, that the day before he was in an exact same temple and he said and did nothing. He didn't say anything. He didn't do anything. But when he came back the next day after spending time with his father, this is what his father told him to do. Where did he go? To the temple. What did he do? He broke down, plucked up, destroyed, and overthrew 
what was going on in the temple that day. But what did he also do that day? He began to build and to plant. He did not just go in the temple and overturn the tables and just left it there. He, he began to build and to plant. Go back and read it in Mark chapter 11. Most people, when they read stuff, they take things out of context. They, and what happens is, and I've, I've seen it happen across the pulpit before, they, they take bits and pieces of scripture to fit their narrative, and that's dangerous. If you take the word of God out of its context, or you fit it to your narrative, you, will, you can create some Frankenstein doctrine, and what will happen is people will go off following that doctrine, and you could tear some people's lives up. I don't know about you. I can't speak for you, but for me, I have a responsibility. I will stand before God and give an account to what it is I taught his people. And I'm gonna tell people the truth. If no one else is standing to hear it, except my, the queen and I, I gotta tell you the truth, no matter what. No matter whether you like it, you can try to be, I don't take, if somebody bucks back, I don't take it as somebody's bucking back at me. I look at it just like the word, the Lord told me. He says, when you tell my, when you give people my word, your responsibility is to give them my word. Their responsibility is to make a decision whether they're going to receive it or not. Either they are or they aren't, but at the end of the day, your responsibility is give them an opportunity to hear it. And that's what we're going to do. Galatians chapter one, verse 10, I'm gonna tell you, this is, this is my mindset right here. This is my mindset when it comes to doing what everything I just told you up to this point. <clears throat> Galatians chapter one, verse 10 says this. Now I am, it asks the question. Now, am I trying to win the favor of men or of God? Do I seek to please men? If I were still seeking popularity with men, I should not be a bond servant of Christ, the Messiah. Bottom line is, if I'm trying, if this, if I was going to get in a popularity contest, this would not be the position I would pick. You want to know why? Because you're always one sermon away from, from everybody turning their back on you. And Jesus himself was the one who said that. He preached one message, one message, and thousands of people left. Some pastors won't preach messages because they are in fear of people leaving or fear of people not giving. That means you're still bound to the people. I am not. I got delivered from that a long time ago. People will come and people will go. But at the end of the day, just like when Noah, when he preached the message for over a hundred years, the same message, he didn't have one convert. What did God say? He fulfilled what it is I told him to do. So I, I don't, I, I can tell you for personally, I don't, I'm here to do what God told me to do no matter what. And you should want a person who will do what God told them to do no matter what. You don't want a Harlan. A Harlan will be, be, be do their messages based off of whether it's popular with people. 
but that'll get you killed. You don't need me to be teaching you some, uh, some dessert message and your household is tore from the floor up. You need the word of God that will turn that situation around. And this is what God, yesterday when we was in that meeting, he was telling the pastors this exact thing. You prayed long enough. Now it's time to put your hands to the plow. But he's been telling the church all year, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. It's coming, get ready. And people believe that they're waiting on a revival. Can I give you a, a nugget? The revival's already started. Revival means to bring, restore that which was dead back to life. The revival first started with the church because the church is beginning to wake up and realize, hey, we got a, we got a part in this. It's not gonna happen without us doing our part. The revival doesn't start with the world without it starting in the church first. When did he start a revival with the church? Two years ago. It's time to wake up. I've already restored. Wake up. It's time to get ready. Wake up. I, I, I baptized you with fire and I've cleaned out the mess. Okay, now I'm restoring back to you the years of the locusts of eating, the cake worms, the comma worms, and the caterpillar. And you're not going to lack and you're not going to want. I've already begun to do it. When did he do it? She started doing it over two years ago. But the church was asleep because they're looking for signs and wonders outside. And he said, the signs and wonders you're looking for are the ones that's going on inside of you. There's been a great awakening. There's a great awakening that's going on across Canada right now. It's sweeping across the nation. It's not loud. It's not boisterous. So if you're looking for signs and wonders outside, uh, it, it, oh, 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 this is still going on. This still, is it really going on, guys? Like it, the, the signs and wonders you should be looking for is the signs and wonders that's going on inside of you. I'm doing a new thing. Are y'all listening to me? I'm glad. Because here comes the world. Here comes the y'all got that part so far, right? I got I got two other things, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna drop it on you. We remember this this whole message is this whole series has been about we will not be silent. Why will we not be silent? Because if our gospel be hid, it is hid from those who are lost, and whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now, a lot of times I hear people use this scripture, you know, and I've used, I've used this, this scripture, but on the way here today, the Father showed me something I had not seen. We use the scripture in Esther chapter 4, for such a time as this. It says this, it says, I'm still reading out a new American Standard Bible says this, for if you remain silent at this time, everybody say this time, this at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for, here it's talking about the Jews, but he's talking about it, he's talking about it for you, it's applicable to you in your land. For us, it would be for the Canadians. For us, it's anybody who's in the nation of Canada. For us, Ours is anybody who's in the, in the Osgood, Greeley, Metcalf uh, uh, area. He says, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise 
for them from another place. In other words, the relief and deliverance for these people who are in this land, it's going to come whether or not you do your part or not. God would just use another place to do it. He says, and your father's house, well, he says, and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have been, you have not obtained royalty for such a time as this. And this is what he said when I was on my way here. He says, people read that, but what they're what they're missing, when I'm when I'm saying he's saying that to Esther, you have been put in this place. This particular place, Esther, was you put here for such a time as this. And this is what he told me to tell you. You have been brought to this land, to this city, to this nation, to this house for such a time as this. Your job, he has you on your job for such a time as this. He has you in your community for such a time as this. He has you in the family you were born into for such a time as this. If you keep looking outside and you're thinking about this place and that place and this place and that place, he says, I'm talking about the place where you are right now. I have placed you there for such a time as this. To do what? To bring relief and deliverance to the people who are there. Whether it's in your house, whether it's in your community, whether it's in your province, whether you're in your nation. For me, this is a whole different ball game because I was in a place and I thought that I would be there, Jesus came back. And then he says, no, I'm sending you this place. Why? Because I sent you there for such a time as this. Are you listening? Why am I telling you this? I'm about to tell you. I'm about, y'all have heard everything I've said up to that point, right? What a responsibility of a pastor is, how, what our assignment is, what the whole deal about Jesus and how he did what he did. <clears throat> Why we mu we cannot remain silent and about Esther being for such a time as this. And this is the word of the Lord that came this morning at 3.30 this morning. <clears throat> this is what he said. He said, beware of the smoke and mirrors that's being set before you where you believe you're doing right by attacking the people while ignoring the one motivating the people. Your focus is on the wrong thing and you would do more damage than good. The focus is to always be on me, says the spirit of grace. And I've already set before you a plan and a strategy to win the nation by transforming the people with my word and instructions. But you say, we must take the nation and then transform the people. And that's not my way at all, says the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come. For if you don't transform the people, you will never affect the nation. Did y'all hear that? If you don't transform the people, you will never affect the nation. Paul, let's just pause on that one right there. If you don't transform the people, you won't affect the nation. He gave me an example of this. Well, let me finish this and then I'll give you the example that he gave me. 
So if you don't transform the people, you won't, you'll never affect the nation. I said to make followers of me, not followers of political parties and platforms based in my word or instructions for men have their own agendas. And though I will use a man or a woman in office, that is not my main method of impacting the nation. I do that through my people doing the work I sent them to do by making disciples and you, he says, are living proof of that yourselves. For had no one ever done the work of the ministry, you would still be in darkness today. Do y'all, did y'all hear that? If someone had not done the work of the ministry, you would still be in darkness today. So I'm telling you to get your hearts back on me and I will make you fishermen of men to make disciples and impact your community, province and nation a lot faster and more effective than anything you could come up with on your own. He also told me to give you this warning to guard your hearts with all diligence because out of it comes the issues of life. That is Proverbs 4 and 23. When you become so consumed by what's going on around you more than what I've commanded you to do, you will become just like the very things you say that you hate the most. Did y'all hear that? When you, and I'm gonna tell you why. Well, here's he showed me why. I had a lot of time before I got here this morning. He says, "What?" Well, I asked him, why is that? He says, you will become hard hearted and obsessed with those things and they will show up in various areas of your life. And you will not heed my warnings and my instructions because you're more filled with the things of this world than you are the things of the kingdom of God. There is no time for that. So I'm telling you again, as I've told you before, get to work on the things I've called you to do and stop being drawn off and enticed by your own passions and desires that leave you chasing other things I've never told you to do. He who has ears, let him hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying unto you this day for I will not tell you again. I'm raising up a generation and people whose hearts are open to me and, and will follow wholly after me and will do all that I have prepared for them from the, nation, from the foundation of the world. I've placed leaders in position who will follow wholly after me and I'm sending them people who will also follow wholly after me no matter the cost to themselves. And I will be their God and they will be my people. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life by following my will and my plan according to my kingdom, not the world's, says the spirit of grace. Last point, he says, many people talk, but very few 
truly listen to what is being said. So as a result, they will leave out the same way they came in today. And that's the torment where you heard the answer, but still you, he said, but still left out with the problem because you thought you knew better than the one who told you all things. How do you differ from the very ones you're trying to reach? I say again, repent and turn from your ways and follow holy after me. Do y'all hear that? When I heard that this when he gave me that this morning, after I read through it a few, I, Father, I repent in any area where I did not do it your way. And I ask you to forgive me. I make the decision to, to, to do whatever you told me to do. And I asked him, is this word for me or is this word for your people? He says, you go tell them what I said. I was like, okay. All right. Love always tells the truth no matter what. Love always tells the truth even at the even at the point our risk of being rejected. Love I love you all. I love people, period, but I love you all. And I weep for you all. And I cry for you all when stuff is going on in your life. And I'm like, the answer is right there, Lord. But he told me, you cannot want it for them more than they want it for themselves. The queen would testify. We could be sitting there about to say grace at the table and one of you all will run across my, my heart if I, and I just weep for you. So I'm gonna tell you the truth, no matter what. Like it, love it, hate it, I'm gonna tell you the truth. Would I ever use the pulpit to whoop people? Nope, never. But he says, you tell my people what I said. I'm like, okay. <clears throat> Remember, the title of this message is, how are you representing God? And some of the meanest, harshest, coldest, most manipulating, controlling people I've ever seen in my young life, I met him at church. As a pastor, people come to your church and they have their own, some people come just really ready to receive. Some people come believing that, hey, you brand new, so I can twist and turn you whatever I way you want. I am not that guy. And not that you all have ever done that, but I'm not that guy. Because I have more reverent fear of him than I have natural fear of you. You can lead to mine. Hey, I still gotta stand before God and say, what did you tell them? Did you give them what I told you to give them? Absolutely. Yes, I did. But my job is also 
and we're going to talk about this, go to Ephesians chapter four, is to do this. Yes, sir. He says, if one of you came and was able to get me to go one way, and another one of you came and got me to go the other way, I'd have everybody confused. Because I'm because I'm I'm afraid. Of, well, Lord, if I don't say if I say that, and this is what they're gonna do. But God, if I do this, and they're gonna do it. If I got, He says, I have placed my words in your mouth. You go tell them what I said. Am I talking to to congregational? I'm talking to the body of Christ. Cause people are getting beat down. I mean, heck. You ain't got to go far to see people getting beat down, broken. And one of the greatest general attacks that most people are made, they've heard, but they don't see is on the youth and young adults. Depression, mental, as they call it, mental illness is up at, at an all time high. And what is being done about it? Jesus had it now. Y'all heard everything that's been said up to this point, right? This was Jesus' answer. This is what, now Jesus said, God said, I'm going to give you pastors and leaders who after my own heart will feed you with knowledge and with understanding. Now, let's talk about that. Ephesians chapter four, verse number nine says this. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. This is what the apostle Paul said. Y'all believe Paul, right? Y'all believe Jesus, right? Y'all believe God, right? Everything I've said up to this point is Jesus, God, and Paul. Not, not, not Milton. Get ready for this part. He said he, he ascended means that the I'm reading about verse nine. He ascended means that he returned to heaven after he had first descended from the heights of heaven, even descending as far as the lowest parts of the earth. The same one who ascended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. Who are we talking about here? Jesus, absolutely. And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles and some with grace to be prophets and some grace to be evangelists and some with grace to to be pastors and some with grace to be teachers. Why? And their calling, their reason, their, their grace is for them to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. So the whole role of an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher is to mature the saints to do the work of the ministry. And they do this. And as they do this, now think about this. Remember, you can't, you can't trans, you can't affect a nation until you transform the people. Now, if, if our responsibility is as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers is to mature the saints and, and prepare all the holy believers to do the work of the ministry, what's going to happen when they begin to do the work of the ministry? And, they, and as they do this, the work of the ministry, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until all we all 
obtain oneness into the faith until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed in the, into the abundance of Christ. How, are, how did Jesus say that we was going to impact the nation? Train the people to do the work of the ministry. When they begin to do the work of the ministry, then the body of Christ will expand and we will all grow into, into one faith, into the faith. We come together as one. And then we would finally become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed in the abundance of Christ. Y'all with me so far? Now, when Jesus, I'm a, we're going to talk about something that, that a lot of people are talking about it, but they're not talking about it the same way Jesus talked about it. <laughs> yes, sir. Does anybody know what Jesus' purpose was? Close, but not really. This, this, this is what he did. His purpose is found in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. When Jesus came, and we're going to talk about what you said. When Jesus came, this was his purpose. It was prophesied. God said this in uh, the book of Genesis, chapter 3, when he said to the adversary, you're going to bruise his heel, but he is going to crush your head. What head? His authority. So what was Jesus coming to do? To restore. He's going to restore back to man the authority that they lost. He restored back to man the kingdom of God back into the earth. Because remember, when Adam and Eve bowed their knee to the adversary, they was transitioned from the kingdom of God into the kingdom of darkness. How do you know that they, that was happening? Because in the book of Colossians chapter one, it says, believe it's verse 13 says, how he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness back into the kingdom of his dear son. When? When we believed on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Are, are, are you listening to me, right? Y'all see this? So if you go out and you represent God any other way, you're not preaching the message Jesus preached. Well, we're going to talk about what was the message that Jesus preached? Because if we're not preaching that message, we're not going to get the results that he got because we're not doing what he, he told us to do. There's the difference between kingdom and church. Are you kingdom-minded or are you church-minded? Kingdom-minded means you're doing it God's way. Church-minded means it's focused in on yourself. It's great that we have four walls. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But the work's not, work here is just to train us to go out, do the work out there. All right. Boy, I tell you, y'all stop running around, Jerry. Good gracious. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says this. And we, everybody reads this at Christmas time, but this is the purpose for which he came. For unto us is a child, 
unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace, of the increase of Canada's government, increase of America's government, Israel's government. It didn't say anything about that. He says the increase is of his government, which is the kingdom of God. And peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from the latter time forth even furthermore. So when Jesus came on the earth, Jesus came to uh, reestablish the kingdom of God. Can I tell you a secret though? Before Jesus showed up on the scene, somebody else was already talking about the kingdom of God. John the Baptist. He told him, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, change your mind, change your thoughts, and change your actions. So when Jesus came on the scene, what did he say? Change your thoughts, change your mind, change your thoughts, change your actions. Why? Because my kingdom way of doing things is at hand or it's available to you. Now, did God make, did Jesus make anybody accept it? Can anybody show me a scripture where Jesus went to Julius Caesar and told Julius Caesar, repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. What did he do? I'm going to tell you what he did. Remember, God's way of doing things is not always our way of doing things. This is what he did. Jesus' method was found, you can find this in Mark chapter 1, verse 14. This is what it says. Now, after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel. What did Jesus do? He came into Galilee and he preached the gospel. What did he preach? I'm going to the cross and on the third day, I'm going to be resurrected and you go. He never preached that. He told that to his disciples, but he didn't preach that. What did Jesus preach? Jesus preached these words. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. What? That the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. What's the gospel? The kingdom of God, or God's way of doing things, is at hand. So you needed, to, so what did Jesus tell them to do? Repent. Change your thoughts, <clears throat> change your mind, change your actions. Does, does there, I, I know y'all know, y'all heard this, but if we're going to do the work of the ministry, we got to preach the message he preached. Are y'all with me so far? Now, what did Jesus say to his disciples? He said, Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become 
fishermen's of men. Didn't he already say that earlier? In the word of the Lord that came to us, follow me, my way of doing things, and I'll make you fishermen of men. What else did he do? Jesus said to them, talking to who? His, those who decided to follow him, let us go somewhere else to the towns nearby so that I may preach there also, for that is what I came to do. Are y'all seeing a pattern? This is what I came to do. And he went into their synagogues throughout all of Galilee. And what did he do? Preach and casting out the demons. Who did that? What was his purpose? To restore the kingdom of God. How did he do it? By preaching in their synagogues. Now you say, but that was Jesus. I mean, that was Jesus. Well, let's talk about his disciples. <clears throat> These are the instructions that he gave his disciples before he went to the cross. And according to Matthew chapter 10, verse one says this, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Is, is that in your Bible? Do y'all see that too? What did he say in verse five? These 12 Jesus sent out after instructed them. And this is what, this is what he told them. As you go, when, as you go, say that with me, as you go, what are you to do? Preach, saying what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. What else? Are you, once you preach and say the kingdom of heaven is at hand, what else is supposed to happen? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. Once you preach the kingdom message, what should happen? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. Who is Jesus talking to? Those who follow after him. Who, is, who are you? Those who made a decision to follow after him. How are you representing God if you're talking about a message that Jesus did not preach? He didn't preach that message. He preached the message that the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh -huh. I see you looking at me. I'm looking at you too. You said, what's the message that he preached? Okay, okay, fine. I'll give you that. What's the message he preached? After the cross with your smart self. I'm glad you asked. Acts chapter one tells you what he said after he resurrected from the dead. Acts chapter one, verse three says this. To these, he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs. Appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning what? The kingdom of God. He didn't change. Do y'all see that? He didn't change. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he had said, you heard of them, heard of from me, 
For John baptized me with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when he had gathered together, so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, right? What are they talking about? Lord, is it is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He's talking spiritual. They talking natural. He's talking spiritual. They're talking natural. When he first showed up on the scene and they heard it had been prophesied that his king was coming and he's going to restore and he's going to do this and the other. What? Why is it they would not receive Jesus? Because they were looking for him to restore the kingdom, talking about Rome and all that, back to Israel. And he says, I'm restoring a kingdom, but I'm not restoring that kingdom. I'm restoring my kingdom. And so many people in the body of Christ are missing that today because they're looking for stuff external. And he said, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. And when you begin to operate in that kingdom, and when you begin to say what I tell you to say, according to my word, then you will see my results in the earth. But if you continue to use natural things to try to attack a spiritual issue, you are going to be frustrated. He's, when they asked him this question, when are you going to restore the kingdom back to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times of epochs which the father has fixed by his own authority. But what did Jesus tell to them? But you will receive power, miracle working, dunamis working power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria, even the remotest parts of the earth. How did Jesus say that he was going to transform nations, cities and nations by you going out being a witness, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria even to the uttermost parts of the world. So uh, he asked me to ask you this question. Are y'all ready? What are you waiting on? What are you waiting for? Romans chapter one. <clears throat> now, the word of God says, let every word be established by two or more witnesses. You've heard from Jesus. You've heard from Paul. You've heard from, and you're about, to, so you've heard from, and Luke, you've heard from Mark. Luke is the one who wrote the book of Acts. Mark actually wrote Mark. Jesus himself told you what was going on. The prophet Isaiah told you what Jesus' purpose was. And all we're showing you is, this is what God said. This is how he did it. This is what God said. This is how he did it. See, this is the part we hear. We heard, we hear in part, we hear parts that tickle our ears. And that's the part I want to do. 
But if he says, but I need you to do this part. No, 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 Lord. That's not my part, Lord. That's somebody else's part. God says, no, 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 no. That's your part. I don't want to do that part, though, Lord. I just want to sit in Okay, great. But then I need you to go out there and do. But, Lord, I just want to pray. I just want to intercede, Lord. I just want to supplicate, Lord. How about that? God said, that's great. But you still need, because if you just pray, but you never tell them the gospel of the kingdom, guess what's, what, guess what's going to happen in their life? Nothing. No change. We send letters. We've sent letters. We've signed petitions. We've talked to different MPs about issues that are going on in the nation right now. And that's great, but we're not with them all the time. So what do we do? We pray that others be dispatched to them, just like Esther was planted, just like Joseph was planted, just like Moses was planted. Are y'all listening to me? They were placed in that position for such a time as this. There's people up on Parliament Hill right now who have been strategically placed there. But just because he places them there, it doesn't mean they're gonna open their mouth and say anything. You say, well, if he puts a believer in there, they'll do it. Not necessarily. He can use somebody who is in what, a, a non-believer in what it is that you believe in who will act out on what, it, not even know they're acting out on what it is that God is telling them to do. How do you know? He did it with Pharaoh, with Joseph. He did it with Esther. Her husband was a heathen. Is that in your Bible? He did it with Nebuchadnezzar. He was a heathen. He did it with Darius. He didn't say, ever say that they were believers. But he still got it across. Do y'all see what I'm saying? Am I making this up? Is it in your Bible? Mm -hmm. If you don't believe me, go back and read it. You're, you're, you're dealing with, you're focusing on the wrong thing. And even if you, if you got them convinced, I'll give you a, a great example. Constantine, he declared that the whole nation was Christians. Were they really Christians? Absolutely not. So just because a leader declares that that's what the nation is going to be doesn't mean that that's what they are at, at all. It, it still never negates the fact that you still got to go out and do the work of the ministry. If you want lasting results, you got to do it God's way. You get a new prime minister in the day. That person's in there. He's making changes and everything, but the people in the, in the nation don't change. They're hearing nothing different except what they've always heard. How do you think they're gonna respond? Anybody, how do you think you're gonna respond? The same way they always did because they have strong patterns of thinking going on in their mind. They still have theories and reasons and arguments that they exalt above the word of God. So they're going to respond the exact same way, unless we as the body of Christ give them something else to 
change their thoughts, change their mind so that they can change their actions. That's the only way it's going to happen. You cannot pray this on them and it happen without somebody going to tell them what the kingdom of God is all about. And that's where you come into play. And in my last two minutes, I'm going to tell you how. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says this. For everyone, I'm reading out an amplified version. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, invoking him as Lord will be sozo, saved, healed, delivered, made whole and free. But how are people to call upon him whom they have not believed, in whom they have not no faith, on whom they have no reliance? And how are they to believe in him, adhere to, trust in, and rely on him, whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? And how can men be expected to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tithings, how welcome is the coming of those who preach the good news of good of his good things, but they have not all believed the gospel or heeded to the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed and hath faith in what he has heard from us? Isaiah 53 and, 5, 53 and 1. So faith comes by hearing what is told and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that comes from the lips of Christ, the Messiah himself. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hope will come by hearing a testimony. Faith will come by the word of God. I can hear your testimony and it's either going to make me glad or it's going to make me mad. I don't know who she thinks she is. Good, fine. You got your good thing. Fine. Or praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I heard that word, Lord. It really blessed me today. Thank you. And what did it do? It encouraged them. But it didn't give you more faith. Signs and wonders by themselves will, will, will affect some people. It won't affect everybody. When, when do signs and wonders come? Once the word is preached. Even believers are looking for the word signs and wonders without the word ever being preached. Rita, did you say you gave me two minutes? Thank you so much. I'm going to prove it to you. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says this, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creature, creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be sozo, saved, healed, delivered, protected, made whole. But he who has disbelieved, didn't say they didn't believe in anything, they just disbelieved in what, when they heard the gospel, shall be condemned. 
What, what, what came first? The word. What happened after the word? These signs will accompany those who have believed. Did y'all hear that part? These signs will accompany those who believe. In my authority, Jesus said, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not harm them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Who did he say that these things was going to happen to? Those who believed. Believed what? The gospel. The gospel of the kingdom. Because that's all Jesus ever preached. So if you are not seeing signs and wonders, I would ask you, what gospel are you preaching? Because Jesus only preached one gospel. And that was the kingdom of God. He only had one message, the kingdom of God. Everywhere he went, he taught the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, like Paul Revere, the British are coming, the British are coming, the British are coming. Now that's what, it's up to people whether or not they're going to do it. Why am I telling you this? Because we have misrepresented him. God will get you if you don't get, if you don't, you go, no. Preach the kingdom of God. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. He said that pre-cross, because some people say he said that under the law. He said that post-cross, when you're now under grace, Paul taught the same message. So if we're going to represent God, if we're going to repre represent Christ, you got to preach the message he preached. Does that mean that you never, never uh, get involved with stuff? Oh, I'm not saying that you don't do that, but that can't be your message more so than the kingdom, than the kingdom of God. And some, some people are just vicious. And he also said people have control issues. They want to control the narrative. And he says, but you can't control this narrative because this is my narrative. You can't manipulate this because if you do, it will show up in your life. How, how are you representing? How are you representing God? How are you representing Jesus to other believers? Are you preaching what Jesus preached? Are you doing what Jesus told you to do? Are you affecting your city, your community, your nation based off of what it is Jesus told you to do? If you are not doing that, you are not doing the work of the ministry. So that was the message he told me to give you. He gave it to me first, so I'm giving it to you. He gave it to the pastors yesterday again because he's been talking to them about it all year long.
it's time to get, it, he said, it's go time. Like we talked about a few couple weeks ago, it's go time. Praying is great. We need to pray. Amen. But he says, I have given you a strategy and a plan. I need you to do it. Man, I want our church to grow to such and such. Are you doing the work of the ministry? Because that's what Jesus said you need to do in order for that to happen. You can't grow a church by programs. You can grow it, but you can grow numbers, but you won't grow the church because you would have 5,000 or 500 or 10,000 spiritual babies and you spend the whole time changing diapers. My responsibility is to teach leaders to do, to do the work of the ministry so they can make disciples. You're gonna be hearing about our plan, the plan that God gave us in two weeks. Two weeks, it's a great plan. But you, he says, you've already been hearing it. You are just gonna get the step-by-step -step how to do it. Amen. So Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. If you, but let me give you an, let me give you an opportunity. If you have never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you've heard the gospel spoken to you today. Jesus came and he taught the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. God's way of doing things is here and it's available to you right now. But you have to make a decision to change your thoughts, change your mind, and change your action. It starts with a decision. We said it in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, healed, delivered, and made whole. If that's you, I'd like to give you the opportunity to pray this prayer after me so you can tra be transitioned from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God and you will become a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Repeat this after me in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10. It says this, Lord, heavenly, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my burdens for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Right now, fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may be a witness to you locally, regionally, and nationally. I believe I receive right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we thank God for you. We're so glad that you took the time out to join us today to hear the, the message on how are you representing? And, and now that we know that Jesus preached the message on the kingdom of God, we also understood that the, the same message he gave to the disciples before the cross is the same message he gave to them after the cross is the same message we're supposed to give to others today. My name is Milton Jones on behalf of myself and, Ju and Sister Juwen and the entire Depot family, we want to thank you for joining us today. God bless you, and we will see you next week. Have a great day. Bye-bye.